Welcome to the show. You can watch and subscribe to the Project FIA TV show on YouTube. Drop comments and questions to us on the podcast via Twitter. Our handle is Project FIA. And now sit back, relax, and enjoy. This is Project FIA Goes PC. Hi, we're back. This is episode number 110, 110 of FIA Goes PC. As always, I am your host, Rebel Zen, aka Danny Hale. And we are back. We are back when we said we'd be back. There's been no delays, which is really good because uh, who needs delays? So yeah, we're back to talk nonsense for another week. Uh, yeah, um, 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 lots been happening. Not a lot really. Been catching up on TV. I've got a massive list for Netflixy stuff, and generally in life things are quietening down because it's getting so cold and it's been snowing on and off as well as raining and stormy. I've had a few tropically, not that tropical storms. It's tropic if you're from the hot tropics. We're cold tropics, so it makes sense. Anyway, I'm not on my own. Someone who's uh, just developed a new skill for kiting. She likes to kite. Is our producer, Winifred, hello. Hi. You're enjoying kiting? Um, I have played with kites, but not recently. Well, I keep watching you going around putting kites on squirrels, and they fly off. What? Yeah, you just sneak up on them. No. And uh, stick it to their feet, and they fly off into the wilderness. No. There's going to be an aisle of squirrels soon. <laughs> yeah. Traveling by kite. Yeah. They're just flown in. I wasn't These... sure if it was going to be like a pun of like, uh, like a predator, like a bird, like a hawk that comes and takes the squirrel. I've literally... <laughs> I just went to my happy place. Um, yeah, no, the you know how there's been like all of these UFO sightings around the world? No. Uh, not that recently. Uh, it's been quite quiet recently, but there has been. Sure. There's, there's been. Yeah. In recent times. It's actually just squirrels and kites <laughs> coming out of the forest here. Uh, another thing I'd like to say is like it's Christmas coming up. It's like the countdown. People who've got advent calendars mm-hmm. are eating their chocolate every day or whatever it is. Vodka <laughs> or whatever. Gin. Yeah. Uh, I think I, I saw a, a beer advent calendar. There's well, beers from around the world. It's uh it's part of the uh, twenty four day uh, program. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Whatever floats um, your boat. Whatever. So uh, what is really entertaining about all of this is uh, we're on a different countdown because you're actually going to head back east yeah first time in two years more than two years yeah to Leicester <laughs> what that's east of here <laughs> <laughs> I've never been to Leicester it's east midlands as opposed to west okay <laughs> yeah there's this whole hip-hop rivalry are, like gangster rivalry between east and west midlands are you planning a trip for me that I don't know about <laughs> not that I know of <laughs> I just don't pay attention don't to where you're actually going what's in Leicester uh stuff Football team. Or late Leicester. Only if you're wrong. Leicester. Are you just being American right now? <laughs> um, yeah, you know, you're going further east than Leicester, aren't you? Yeah, quite far east. The yeah. far east. Like Belgium. That's <laughs> east of here. <laughs> if you go way far past east, then you end up where you started. <laughs> you, you, you go so east, you're west. 
<laughs> you're in Los Angeles. <laughs> now you're heading back to Hong Kong. Yes, I and am. And you've got a bit of drama awaiting you because the if 21 days go to plan. You got a 21 day quarantine ahead of you. Yes. Which is uh, you get to live in a box. Not the best plan, but uh, yeah. Pretty much life as you know it here. <laughs> You never leave the treehouse, really. Yeah, actually, it won't be much different, but um, it'll be a hotel room that's quite small. Hopefully. It could be a fortress. Who knows? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, Cross fingers. So this is what I think, you know how there's a lot of controversy with Los Angeles? How there's been a lot more people living on tents on the streets and stuff like yeah, this. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah. Like, it's actually just situation. how they do quarantine. It's, uh, you know, once mm. you run out of hotel space, what are you going to do? You see? Tent up. Yeah. <laughs> There's been some creative stuff going on, apparently, in the tents. Like, they're building some pretty amazing tents, structures, like double-story tents. Really? Apparently. Hmm. And there's a lot of uh, circus shows. Ooh. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> What's going I, on? I was just thinking about the creative stuff people have been coming up in quarantine, actually, because uh, there's this whole thing where people are putting post-it notes on their windows to create, like images so from the outside of the hotel you can look at the windows and it's like oh there's someone created like a massive pac-man or is this know. specifically to hong kong yes this is so you, you don't say that oh you see we're, we're, we're emanating from a forest mm. where life is always quarantined in the forest it's like a magical veil and then when you leave the forest you uh have to adapt a more human-like dwelling with other human-like things because we mostly live by animals yeah. Make it all talk. They it's a magical land. <laughs> I do talk to our local Robin. One thing that I find interesting about living in a forest <laughs> at Christmas is that you're surrounded by trees anyway. So the idea of extra trees is not you don't very need appealing. An extra tree. <laughs> yeah. You just dress the ones you got mm. in, in dresses. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Off eBay. What if what if what if they don't want to dress in dresses, then you then it would be a cross dressing tree. Oh, you're getting specific. <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I don't gentrify trees. I'm just, they just grow. Um, a lot of trees wear fur around here. Wear fur. It's controversial. Fur trees. <laughs> yeah, it's controversial. And some of them have uh, habits, and they leave needles everywhere, all over the ground. What? Yeah. Fur needles. I think there's a drug problem. What? Yeah. I don't like where this is going. There's a lot of needles on the floor around the alpine forests of the furs. Okay. Yeah. I give up. And every so often you get a willow. <laughs> I don't know. But, um, you yeah, know, it's pretty pretty around here. Lots of lights. Pretty pretty. Pretty pretty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We we saw the setup of the Birmingham Christmas market and never went back. <laughs> yeah. We saw them building it, like, in November. Yeah. Um, but since it's opened, we have been uh, avoiding, avoiding people. Avoiding everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, you you face some harsh regulations. It's good to talk about this on a mm. podcast where people don't plan on leaving to go yeah. far east. But if they did, mm-hmm. it's an interesting process. And, you know, I like to think of the podcast sometimes as a kind of pseudo diary, a journal of our times, because, you know, in 10 years time, we can all look back at this, hopefully, and think either that was the safest, calmest time of our life or... Wow, how crazy was that period of time, mm. you know? Either way works. It's always nice to have nostalgia. But I find it interesting because you face a 21-day shut-in to a hotel lifestyle waiting for you in Hong Kong. So mm-hmm. you, you go to Hong Kong, and hopefully if all goes well, you bust out to a hotel. 
Yeah. Which you've paid for yes. ahead of time. Failing that, if someone on the airplane is... Um, positive. Tested positive on landing. Well, loads of people are positive. They're traveling to a different country. So, you know. <laughs> tested. <laughs> I guess. Not... not, not um, emotionally happy positive well i'd, I'd <laughs> get <laughs> i guess any good advice is be really negative yeah. on, on, on the plane uh, i guess otherwise i'll test you uh for positivity yeah. and it's not a good thing if you are so always f- feel quite gloomy on the old flight it's a big flight it's an 11 hour flight direct. yeah 11 hours yeah, i've done it many times myself i usually stop over in uh uh somewhere <laughs> wherever they, they drop you I, I take these kind of budget flights where halfway through the travel you have to parachute out <laughs> and then uh you, you know when you hit the ground you got to find the nearest airport and uh transfer. do it again yeah 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 parachuting everyone transfer. thinks life of celebrities is glamorous mm. and it is that's why i'm not a celebrity <laughs> um but anyway uh so Basically, so you face that 21-day lock-in. It's yeah. quite nice. You get room service, you all do. this stuff. But the alternative is a place called Penny Bay. One of two quarant- government quarantine centers, yes. It's the more famous of the two. Yeah. Because it's got such a Beatles-esque name attached <laughs> yeah, to it. Penny's Bay. Yeah. It's uh, right next to Disneyland, Hong Kong Disneyland. So it's a bit of an ironic kind of... Well, it's always nice to look out your window at everyone having watching, fun. Yeah, watching everyone <laughs> having fun while you're in quarantine. <laughs> yeah, but it's uh, it's been a very controversial kind of time because there's not been many cases in Hong Kong. No. Apart from the everyday suitcases and mm. other cases that you might carry not around. cases. With. Yeah, backpack cases. <laughs> the cases for a backpack. You can never be too careful. Okay. Um, but basically a lot of cases, uh, but not many COVID cases coming out of Hong Kong. The only ones they get are the ones flying in. So the quarantine system essentially from their perspective works. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's been very effective. <laughs> um, can't really argue with that. No. But here in the UK and the US, we're having this foreshadowed variant emanating from the south of the African continent mm-hmm. uh, in a place called South Africa because they named it really well. You know, you've got some really good names in the African countries like Nigeria. Mm-hmm. Good name, Chad. Like him, went to school with a Chad. He sounds like a <laughs> snowboarder from uh, California, Chad. Uh, he's a good guy. Zimbabwe mm. sounds it's one of the best sounding country mm. names on all, it all is our planet. Cool. Zimbabwe. It sounds great, right? Mm-hmm. It sounds like a dance or a song, you know? But then they get to South Africa and I've, that's it. South Africa. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They could have come up with something better. Yeah, I like, suppose uh, so. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not even going to name it, but uh, there's there's this thing called Omicron, Omicron coming out. The variant of COVID called Omicron. I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast has heard of this. Mm. To me, it sounds like a 1980s film production company. It does, Omicron. doesn't it? I think they made RoboCop <laughs> back in the day. Um, but yeah, no, it's kind of all specializing stupid. in sci-fi and dystopian films. See. She's practicing on her airplane negativity, <laughs> is what that is. What? Yeah, just just get on the plane, yeah. and everything you do, be really negative. Read a negative book. Mm-hmm. And there's no make way sure I can that, test positive. Make sure that there's no energy on your phone. So that's reading no. negative. Everything's got to be negative, <laughs> right? That's the best travel advice I can give you uh, right now. Don't want to be positive, be negative. 
So anyway, so hopefully everything will go swimmingly. I will probably man the podcast on my own here. I might introduce one of my personalities. I've got many of them. <laughs> um, but we'll try and run the show for folks in your absence. We'll see what happens. Yeah, because if nothing happens, <laughs> well, that's on me. So yeah. I'll, I'll try and do my best. I want to try and do something. Uh, not sure what I will interpret that. Um, it might be great because I can be more me. I, I'm on best behavior when I'm around you. Really? Well, you're a producer. It doesn't it's an feel title. like it. What me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just totally. This is my this best. This is your behavior. best oh, yeah. behavior. Yeah. I'm dr- <gasps> I've got clothes on for a start. <laughs> Usually, I wouldn't. Um, you know, things like that. Um, so, yeah. But we'll we'll try and do some. We could try and do some sort of via quarantine link-ups with you. Maybe. Should mm-hmm. the internet exist in the forest by yeah. then? We've got bad internet in the forest. Not surprising, you know. A lot of animals using the internet right now, rabbits included. They're all a little hibernating. They need to uh, catch up on Netflix. That's <laughs> what I'm doing. <laughs> so uh, speaking of Netflix, we finished Money Heist. Oh. Cas de Papel. Oh. Is it Papel? Papel. Papel. Papeling the future. <laughs> um, and amazing. House of Paper. Okay distant cousins of house of cards um it's actually one of these series that i think will go down in history is probably the definitive of its genre yes i think all heist stuff oceans 11 12 13 17 18 19 20 don't even come close to what money heist does i've thoroughly enjoyed it yeah me too all the way through uh, it's definitely one of the top favorites now well, it was cool because we actually watched the first series whilst in Spain. Mm-hmm. So there's an affinity to... Uh, I'm very proud of Spain for putting this out. Mm. I think they've really shaken the world's cinema and TV production. They always do technically brilliant stuff. And now they've shown it again. It's fantastic. Anyone who hasn't seen it, you should totally see it. Worth it. And if you have seen it all the way through, it's kind of it's one of those series that when it's over, big gap. Mm. You feel a bit of grief yeah, for the loss of it. The other series that you really liked in terms of like its closure was uh, Breaking Bad, right? Yeah. <laughs> but did they ever really close it? Because Better Call Saul came out and then <laughs> they did the uh, Al Camino film, mm. Jesse. I think that was unnecessary. Yeah. The film. It was cool. It's always good to go back into that universe. Mm. I think Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul are two of the best TV series mm. ever. I always, I kind of rate it like Game of Thrones to me is the most shocking and amazing thing ever put on a TV series because it's kind of like, even as a film, like you, you don't get many films of the quality of Game of Thrones. So the whole thing as a visual spectacle and a story spectacle is one of the best of all times, but it suffers in the last sort of series. Yeah. Ed Sheeran comes in. And I've mentioned that before. Yeah. I feel like that with Dexter. Like, I love the series, but towards the end, it just kind of... Well, we've covered this. It's kind of like when you run out of books yeah. <laughs> to uh, take your yeah. inspiration from. But I think Breaking Bad, which was made for TV, mm. like a total TV concept, probably best acted series of all time. Mm. I don't think there was a weak link in the cast. And it's really hard to say that because so many things have that. They struggle over narrative or whatever, but the writing and the quality of acting never wavered. Mm. And they also experimented a lot, which for a series like that is yeah. crazy. Like you'll have some episodes. A lot of visual. Well, it's like some episodes 
almost don't seem canon, but they all have a hidden Easter egg meaning for the bigger picture. Mm -hmm. So there's some quirky stuff. But yeah, I think Breaking Bad, I'm probably more, slightly more than Better Call Saul. I, I think Better Call Saul, which is the sort of prequel spin sequel spinoff, yeah. is just a different genre. Mm. A lot more clever. I'm excited for Ozarks to come back. Ozark, Ozark, yeah. It's in the Ozarks. In the Ozarks. I just call it Ozark. I'm excited for that to come back. That's uh, That needs to wrap up too. Yeah. A lot of closure coming out this mm. year. <laughs> Hopefully it might be a COVID closure. Who knows? Nah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I also saw um, both my cousins, I've mentioned before, my cousins and Shaq, um, more James and Shaq. Mm are obsessed with League of Legends. Yeah, the video game. Correct. And for years, I mean, I had that brief stint you can see on the actual YouTube TV show that we did, Season 1 Technology mm. plug. Um, we're playing it briefly in a in a net cafe, and we mentioned that at the time on the podcast here. Mm. I haven't really had much to do with League of Legends. I'm aware of it. I've always been aware of it. It was heavily marketed in Hong Kong, huge yeah. in Asia. Yeah um back in the day is it not your kind of genre um well to me it was very much like a kid-friendly diablo right and diablo i'd only really experienced on playstation yeah which it kind of plays like a hack and slash on a playstation whereas on a pc it kind of feels more technical like okay. you're doing more of a strategy RPG kind of a game. Like you're actually moving things, clicking stuff, looking at stuff and all this stuff. But on a gamepad, it just feels like you're just smacking things with a sword or whatever yeah. uh, you want to smack them with. <laughs> a golden tree trunk. I don't know what you've got. Button mashing. Uh, yeah. But League of Legends always felt like the child-friendly version of that. Okay. And it had a lot of hype. Hype always puts me off. Mm. It's the reason that I never got involved in World of Warcraft because it seemed everyone got involved in that. So Sometimes I, hype is uh, warranted, though. Well, I, I also never really had a PC at any given time that was good enough for these things. Okay. <laughs> and I, I think I tried World of Warcraft once on a dead time mm. where there was no one online. So you're just literally walking around oh, right. fields. You're seeing a lot of um, players that weren't logged in. They're just standing there like statues. Okay. So it didn't really have any appeal whatsoever to me. Um, but... It's a different thing. League of Legends is literally Diablo to me. And Shaq sort of verified that. Okay. I think it's an ambitious thing, but I think there's a lot of kids generationally um, that didn't grow up with split screen video games like myself, where you're playing with your best mate in mm. their bedroom or whatever, your bedroom, their bedroom, you're sharing life. And that was kind of fun because it was interactive in the same room. So you yeah. have a kind of dual experience. People playing FIFA and stuff like that still prefer that, I think. Mm. It's more of a commodity thing. But when everything goes online, I feel like there's... Online gaming never really worked to me because you're kind of stuck in the same pool as everyone. There's no sort of level gauge. Mm. So if you're a beginner and you're up against really experienced players... Yeah, that's pretty scary. You never played a game. Yeah. It's like I can do Fortnite and my experience of Fortnite, me and uh, Pete were playing it in Tokyo. Yeah, right. And my experience was just drop in, get killed. Yeah. Do it again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So there's so many things because like dial up and, <laughs> you know, when it was a dial up world or broadband, everyone's got different speeds. Mm which can affect the gameplay. So I never really understood the online thing. I think networking was quite fun. We used to network computers, play Doom and stuff like this back in the day. 
that was cool because again it's like the co-op but you get a single screen each so you're not cheating by looking at positions on a split mm-hmm. screen which you do on call of duty if you're uh mean <laughs> but uh yeah online gaming it did never really talk to me and playing something like diablo online doesn't make any sense when you can play it with a friend back in the day that was true but i've always been curious of league of legends because i feel like america's behind it mm. it feels like it came out of america but it has a huge asian appeal because there's asian characters like wukong which is the monkey king son of wukong mm-hmm. and others you know some myths and whatever but uh regardless there's actually a series where the creators of it have put out a fully animated series on netflix called arcane okay which is loosely trying to give flesh to a few backstories of the characters on the game, I think. Mm. Having not played it, I'm not sure how that integrally fits. Like, if you need to know a lot about the game lore to watch the series, I didn't. Mm. So I was going in from a new angle. And I think from seeing it, because I know it's it's highly reviewed, a lot of people seem to like it, and probably all League of Legends players, and it's not like they don't have a fan base. Yeah. It's like super successful game. Sure. But... um. I think the animation style of it, actually watching it, is outrageous at times. It's like super. It's like seeing a window into the future. You know, it almost makes the argument of do you need actors anymore? Mm. It's that good, you know. Um, but there's also times where it's rough. Like it feels like some of the onus was kind of put into certain sections, and others kind of just laid bare a bit. Like mm. it doesn't always make sense. There's a bit of lag as well, which was quite weird bit of uh, animation lag because i think they build on the same engine they build the games i'm not sure of of, of the tech specs do but, you like watching it though considering you you're not familiar with the game as much well does it hold up as a series essentially i think i think it does i think there's as far as story um if you aren't someone who's played video games period I think it's probably going to hold a lot of awe. Mm. You're probably going to look at it and go, this is really refreshing and new and hip and stuff. For someone who's played video games, like period, it's a bit of this, a bit of that, a slice of this and right. a bit, bit of this. So a lot of Final Fantasy VII is in it. A lot of Star Wars <laughs> is in it. A lot of uh, maybe Dark Knight, Batman sort mm. of stuff is in it. But I think that's probably deliberate because obviously... Video games aren't essentially at this day and age, especially the the big ones. They don't they do share from each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But as an overall thing, if you separate that, then yeah, it's worth a watch. Mm. Um, it's quite kid friendly, to be honest. It never gets too dark or too disturbing. I think a lot of teenagers and younger, so ten up to like twenty five or whatever, would really dig it. It's very fresh, very new. Okay. Um, but yeah. So a few gripes. Some of the voice acting decisions were a bit lame, I thought. Okay. Having English characters next to American characters without explanations a bit sad. Okay. <laughs> Cultural uh, context. Yeah, some some <laughs> some of it was a little uh Disney. I think the quality of voice acting you could probably put on par with Disney, Pixar, mm. something like that. It it was well done. It, it, there's some really good moments in it. Okay. Set pieces, visual effects. Some things I really loved is how they did cell shade animation, especially for smoke and fire and stuff like this, mm. next to rendered sort of CGI. Yeah. The actual textures of the world they created were incredible. Oh, I um, like textures. Yeah. Like if you if you want a dreamscape and it is a very quick watch, you could probably do it in a day I did. Worth it. 
it's definitely worth it. I think the future looks like that. I think they're onto something with it. Yeah, I saw the trailer and I, you know, visually it definitely looks different. Well, there's loads of motion capture. And I, I was a big fan of the Scanner Darkly, Keanu yes. Reeves film, which yes. was one of the pioneers of motion capture cell shaded graphics. Mm. I think they've done it to the next level in this. Cool. There's some really good stuff. It's definitely worth a watch. I think if anyone's a fan of Marvel right now, it's right down your strata. It's mm. kind of a serious depth. It's dark toned uh, for sure. It's not light really. Um, but I think the big plus is if you're actually a League of Legends super fan, you're mm. actually seeing the characters fleshed out and that magnifies the appeal of the game because from what I saw, the game is very much, the story's red. You know, you're reading stories. So it's text from a character rather than you're living their prequel or story or whatever. Everything in game is very linear, very minimal. Mm. There's no real cut sequences as far as I know, playing <laughs> the one day I did. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's positive. And I think actually it's a really awesome idea for video game developers to go forward thinking like that. Like mm. the guys who make Final Fantasy should be making a film every so often mm. too. They've mm. got all the tech to do it. Yeah. That'd be an interesting world. It adds something. It makes games feel a bit more special because it fleshes out the world a bit, you know? And it's kind of like in the ultimate reverse, it's like if you take the Spider-Man games, like the Marvel games, Yeah. there's so much cinematography in it. There's so many depth into the sort of immersion of the world because that's the genre of what you're playing, I suppose, um, that it separates it from the films because it's different... It's a different Peter Parker and it's a different uh, Miles Morales or whatever. That's always interesting. But they really do get close this day and age. It's almost like I can imagine something like Arcane being day one of a very, very, very different world as far as we get to develop an animated future for our, our productions and stuff. I think it's, it's smart. Mm. Like if I look at it more like as a filmmaker, I kind of feel to myself... If you can do something that visual, uh, you're still using motion capture, which if you actually did as a whole experience with voice acting in character yeah, and the cast is doing a motion capture together, there's no real difference of making a Marvel film yeah. because that's all green screen exactly. and green motion screen. captured. You yeah. know, So there's a really interesting appeal to it. Mm. And uh, I just wish them luck. There'll be a new series in 2023. Oh, okay, so they're <laughs> so, already in, in production. Yeah, they're they're very straight while they are in his heart, and I think it's it's a like I said, it's very encouraging. Mm. I think it's the kind of stuff that, uh, especially if we're facing pandemics or anything like this, where we all have to shut down, it's the closest you're going to get to excitement. I think things like this could get really good. I think Japan's experimented it quite a long time. They've done these CGI motion captured films. Ghost in the Shell did a few. Mm. They've never appealed. They always look. Um, kind of unrealistic whereas every scene you could argue in arcane looks like a work of art you could freeze every scene and put it up in your bedroom and yeah you'd be fine with that. yeah it could be a poster yeah so it, it's a great tip for if you just want something a little different it's a really good watch yeah the other series that i'm i've queued up ready to watch probably when you're not here um because you don't deal with stuff like this well is howl bound okay which is a korean drama Mm. about like big clay monsters coming into the world okay <laughs> it's interesting yeah not really it's kind of like squid game but extreme my alley. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
Still no squid. Still no squid. Uh, that's what the sequel should be called. Still no squid. Squid Game 2. Still no uh. squid. Oh. <laughs> that's what I reckon will happen. They need to start the, the, the sequel out with like a scene where they're eating like barbecued squid or something. No, no, no. No one needs to see that. Why? I'll tell you I'll tell you the interesting because you said it. Uh <laughs> you're a producer, no one listens to them. Um what <laughs> one thing I will say is like um I, I mentioned this before about IPs in Korean stuff. Like it always feels like Intellectual it's Intellectual property. It's borrowed from like a Japanese construct or a manga or something like this. Yep. Well, nothing further from the proof, uh really uh further than the further than the truth. For, further from, from the proof. Further, what proof? Uh, to prove my point. Because <laughs> uh, there's nothing further from it. Okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> Belgium. Where are you going? Hong Kong. That's it. Money Heist is now going to be a Korean series. They're doing a Korean version what? of Money Heist. But it's so perfect. It doesn't need a remake. Well, it's interesting because Netflix probably acquired the rights to do it produce yeah. it or whatever they're probably in cohorts with the uh korean producers to make it like a korean mm. version of it but here's what i thought because i had a dream about this last night because a it disturbs me that anyone would do something so recent that quickly yeah because it'll be coming out next year or something no when you think of how popular money heist is and then the instant remake in a different language yeah sort of tops it and goes goes ahead it always kind of makes me think they could do some really clever stuff like what if they actually did it where it's kind of linked to the spanish one so it's almost like a group of people in korea yeah saw the whole thing go down and in got Madrid inspired and thought let's, let's have a crack it. at doing that here yeah is it that, that would be no it's not that but that's the dream i had last night mm. my, my internal hope is that it is that yeah but i know for a fact it won't be that but it could be yeah, because if they you know just did saying? it like uh, beat for beat, like same characters, same whatever, it'll, but in a different it'll country, have difference. It would be... it'll have difference because it'll be Korean yeah. and therefore it won't be as deep. <laughs> like, don't know for truth because like, you know, you have like Midnight Diner and stuff like this, mm. which is a huge Japan successfully amazing Japanese show. Series, yeah. They did a Korean version of that almost straight away. Yeah, yeah. And that was rubbish. It was yeah, terrible. that was quite disappointing. Right, so... What I'm trying to say is like people who are into K stuff, Korean dramas and stuff like this, very few of them actually, I would say are direct imports, like direct covers of an American thing or a whatever, a Japanese thing or whatever. But when they are, they tend to suck. Mm. They they tend to be awful, yeah. truly. But um, one thing that they do do right, they did a series called Kingdom, and Hellbound, which is their own thing. Okay. And uh, they look very appealing. Kingdom's basically an imperial Korean period drama with zombies. Um, okay. Yeah. And that's <laughs> got to be good. Mm. It changes the rhetoric. You're not trying to survive in shopping malls. There's okay. No, there's no tropes. Okay. okay. you got to live in bamboo forests and chase tigers and zombies and stuff. That's a bit different. That's a, that's a very good thing. It's like mm. Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Mm. No one's thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. But yeah, no, I'm um, excited about some stuff they do. Like, I always feel like when they do dark stuff, 
like Trains to Busan, stuff like this. Uh, Parasite was fairly dark. It was dark comedy. Yeah, we watched Parasite yeah, recently. Whenever they do stuff like that, they really do it well. Yeah. Like I think Korea's Vengeance stories, uh, some they do life movies, spring, summer, autumn, winter, spring, or fall, if you want to call it that, if you're American. So spring, summer, autumn. Spring, fall. summer, fall. Win- whatever. <laughs> Uh, spring, summer, winter, fall. The official fall, one is fall, autumn. winter, yeah. The translation is. Uh, well, it, it was here because we bought it here. I think it's actually fall. No, because yeah. I, I first watched it when I was in Holland. Yeah, and but it they, was autumn. They call it autumn in Holland. Anything European will be autumn. Anything mm. American will be fall. Anyway, yes, excellent film. Mostly because I, I guess America doesn't really have an autumn in most places. Like it has one east coast and maybe some of the north states but it doesn't really have them when it's tropical because mm. it's just slightly cooler than i think it's just semantics they just call it fall or everyone trips over a lot more gravitational pull in that like it's the, t- the season of falling no yeah everything falling falls. leaves no everything we your pants fall down no shoes fall <laughs> off everything falls the gravitational pull it's it's horrific okay that's the season of falling uh anyway uh that was an amazing that's Kim Ki Duk, he's a Korean director that does a lot of like life stuff and sh- and really clever filmmaking. Um, Very artsy. Really clever stuff. There's a uh, load lo- the bow. What comes to mind? Mm. Spring, summer, autumn, winter. One of the cast members actually in that is in Squid Game. He's the old guy. Oh, okay. Number one, whatever he is. The Chris Walken of Korea, as I call. Oh, him. the really old guy. Yeah, the really old guy oh. in Squid Game. You know. I like the really the, old guy. The crazy guy. <laughs> Uh, the Chris Walker of Korea, okay. uh, him, he's in it. Uh, you know, Korea does some great stuff. Mm. So not trying to disrespect them, but they shouldn't waste their time doing covers. Yeah. Because they've done a few doing covers remakes. recently. They've done a few uh, really recent American shows. I'll just directly port them. But the seeing money heist in the works kind of depresses me a bit. Yeah. You can't really fault that series in Spain. I mean... I see it. I get why they're doing it, but I feel like the Korean audience probably watched the Spanish one and mm. they were fine with that. Yeah, you know? yeah. One of my favorite Korean films is uh, The Quiet Family, which is just a dark comedy, but it's just so funny at the same time. It's a- One thing I always take from Korean films mm. is they always have quite a lot of the time a single set narrative. Mm. Either a single set, a very reduced set, three or four locations, very reduced. Simple but effective. But it's the visuals, and I think you get a lot of this in Hong Kong cinema, classic one car Wai stuff, where the visuals of the actual location are better than any set you'll ever see in your life. Yeah. You can't generate the kind of brilliance of the multi-level life of Asia mm. in an Asian city. And one thing I always love about Japan korea and china is that you can always go rural with it and the rural world like a small town a mountain town a Mm -hmm, ski resort mm -hmm. it's so beyond our scope yeah you know the lakes i feel like they'd see the same if they went to the alps but america rice paddies yeah america doesn't because it's such a neo-consciousness it doesn't really have the rural escapes it doesn't have the cultural ancient sort of like if you go to japan you got this onsen you know yeah. Right in the middle of nowhere, haunted place, easy to do a horror film like The Ring or The Bracelet or The Earrings or <laughs> the Nail Clippers, whatever <laughs> thing you're working on. Um, 
you can do that. Um, but in America, it's it's hard. Um, they've got ski chalets that are kind of like faux neo-European, but they yeah. don't have the personality. Mm. It's, you know, eventually they will, I think. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know how stuff gets old in America, though. They've got one or two incredible designs from like really really famous architects out mm. there but it's 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 like 70s or 60s yeah it's not that old yeah but i mean there are beautiful places in the usa there's that there, i think the usa has displayed it but a lot of it is dressed up mm. tim burn always did that it'd give you it's an also idea less accessible i guess like because well, the country is so big i think I think there's places like mining towns come mm. to mind, like Wyoming, uh, Minnesota, uh, sort of Midwest, Ohio, places like that. They have some really beautiful small towns mm. that are mining and uh, right in the middle of a forest or something. Yeah. And it gets snowy there. They're pretty beautiful mm. and, and spread. But the problem is a lot of it, you can see the decline fast because a lot of the business is left. So this is an old steel mill and now no one's there. Yeah. So it's just kind of neglected. It's a good set for dystopian stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like everyday life in Michigan, yeah. Like de- de- living in Detroit. <laughs> or, or zombie films. <laughs> well, it's just the sad thing because you can see in the USA really how capitalism has these huge... Oh, yeah, effects. Effects of like now we've moved on the business, none of this is needed. So mm. entire towns just become bankrupt or non- non-point. And what's really amazing is when you think you're going back to Hong Kong, I don't know if you know. Yeah, um, <laughs> I you, hope you, I am. You, you, you're from there? Yes, I'm I not have. sure if you know that. Uh, <laughs> like whenever you look in a mirror, you might get a hint. But uh, I know that you are. I've seen your passport. Thanks. Yeah, look at it. I'm just checking you're not a spy, really. Okay. You got, you got like, uh, yeah, I'll check, check these things. Yeah. <laughs> Running Brock stream. Um, I just think like it's it's really interesting because you kind of have this thing where being a fat that if you are from, I don't even know where I was going. <laughs> I was going somewhere. It had importance of you being from Hong Kong, but now it's escaped me. Obviously, no importance. <laughs> uh, America, we were going there, weren't we? We're talking mm, about the USA and yeah. these old towns, right? So, what I found, like a lot, a lot of this was exposed to me in watching Bourdain, mm. uh, parts unknown. Uh, he did a really good job of explaining these towns that have just become pointless. Yeah, like mining communities and stuff like this, and all the politicians promise everything and they never deliver, and these places are just forgotten about yeah. and left to fend for themselves. But they're big scope places. Detroit was a hugely impressive city when I was a kid, even like in the eighties. Mm. It was like a really big city. You have like New York, Chicago, Boston, Detroit. Yeah, it was yeah, a big yeah. city. Now it's a ghost town. Now it literally is the apocalypse. Like people are doing micro farming because they. <laughs> You know, these places are just abandoned. Yeah. So a lot of it's run like a community outreach mm. where they're literally cooking a barbecue in front of their house with no glamour, but they're doing some of the best food and stuff and, and culture is coming out of Detroit right now, but it's really apocalyptic. Mm. And it made me think of Hong Kong because Hong Kong has this village community and a lot of the villages are really old. We're talking thousands of years, mm-hmm. settlements, yep. almost like pirate villages and stuff. Pretty from, much. From when Pirates of the Caribbean was actually a living thing. No. Yeah. No. Yeah, and they got lost and went to China. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's why Chow Yun-Fat's in it. Is he? <laughs> He's really old then. I thought he was quite young for that period of time. Johnny Depp was definitely there. Johnny Depp was there. He had <laughs> chopsticks. 
Um, but basically, you think of these little sort of abandoned villages and stuff, and to the scale difference, yeah, a city like Detroit becoming nonchalant over a village that should really be nonchalant. Let's mm. be honest, because the thing about Hong Kong is everyone needs to be close to the city. So it's it's fine, essentially, to abandon a village. It makes sense after like 300 or 400 years yeah. that people would outgrow it. And they're still there. They're still there. They're not very... Uh, some are lived in, some are not. So it's eclectic in that regards. But to see Detroit in my lifetime mm. go from one of the big cities of America to nothing, yeah, that tells you the difference. Well, one of the reasons the small villages in Hong Kong are abandoned is because it's just uh, hard to get to. Uh, there aren't any roads to get there. Like you have yeah, to no, walk no. and I take mean, it's whatever. proper medieval style. Yeah. I mean, equivalent. they just about have electricity and water. Exactly, right? So, but it's but also Detroit's it's, not it's, that it's also that no generational things can happen unless you put them into the village. But they are, and this is a key factor: villages, mm. where at tops maybe a hundred people live there at one point. If that, yeah, right. To so say Detroit has gone the same sort of depletion mm. like that's literally down to industry moving and shifting it, it forgot the entire city and michigan states had issues a lot of its cities are following that the horrible stuff that happened to the water supplies in flint michigan mm-hmm. um but it, it just makes you feel like we're looking at a geopolitical world and a geopolitical world statement Every single time I think it's okay that we all look at each other's problems and the fears that we might have over a topic like communism or even Islam or something like this. If we don't understand it, it feels scary because it's not our thing. So it's foreign to us, right? But then you look at how countries are thriving, like really thriving. They can turn assets into something really positive, like a village that's abandoned. It could actually be a world heritage site and they do that and then it's not abandoned and then it's used. Yeah. Whereas Detroit's been forgotten about. Yeah. So it's almost like, does that point to culpable people? Like, is that uh, the first clue we have that a capitalist concept is actually falling apart, do you think? Mm, uh, I think it's been falling apart gradually over time. It's just, you know. Well, I'm pretty sure I know the reason. Okay. Yeah, the reason is a group of people robbed the bank (laughs) and they changed the world's gold percentage to brass. It's totally not a spoiler. You don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) You're so nervous about spoilers. It's only a spoiler if I associate it to something. It's not a spoiler. It's the way Jurassic Park ends, everyone. There's a hidden scene where they change all the world's gold supply and put it in brass. It's the way it is, uh, Lord of Rings. Uh, That ends the same way too. No, I think that the reason capitalism is failing is is because Korea keeps stealing... uh, Concepts. Yeah makes more money off them because the <laughs> thing is money heist is really popular being spanish yeah but it doesn't have any k-pop associated to it right so if you suddenly have the korean version of it with k-pop it's going to be more successful but it's going to be a worse product that's what i think they've recast all the cast as korean alternatives like the professor and moscow and all of tokyo and everyone like that mm. all cities they're doing the same thing there's actually some interesting lookalikes as well Let's just get the biggest beardy guy and they make him that guy. I feel like the stark contrast to seeing, it's almost like you look at how we all, I always say this, like um, it's good to be on a fence as people that I know listening in from America right now. And a perspective 
it's almost the entire echo chamber unless you're willing to do the education the other side and that's really hard when you can't travel mm. right yeah so you have to take everyone's word for it i can tell you what is beyond doubt and that is when certain things are declining so communities work ethic even mental health which i've never had i'm totally crazy <laughs> nothing healthy about my mind um but basically like if you look at asia and the togetherness and the community and camaraderie and just the camaraderie and just the fact that if you can sort of witness having a chinese japanese korean friend and then seeing them meet a chinese japanese person in the country that you're both in together say if They've come from Tokyo and live in LA mm -hmm. and I meet someone else from Tokyo just to see the kinship yep. with a total stranger Yep, is something we just don't have here. If I meet an English person in America, I feel like <laughs> I don't want to be there. <laughs> I'm almost like, what a disappointment. I thought I was the only one. I, was the, <laughs> I want to be special. Yeah, I was a shining unicorn that everyone thinks is royal here. <laughs> what are you doing here, right? Um, it's more, it's a weird feeling. And I think that as much as politicians and news and everything's a rhetoric, you've got to always look at the reality of stuff in the world. Like, well, are they that bad if they all are very kind to each other and help each other out? You know, mm. are they really? I always like to put those thoughts out in the world because, um, you know, it's the kind of thing that people switch off. <laughs> I don't want to think of that. I don't think of kindness and joy. <laughs> Leave me. Leave me, person. So yeah, like if you think of the next big TV mashup, like I always think we we need a, a really decent vampire series, I think. I think Twilight put vampires into this whole There's well, been it, so many though. Twilight is the high school of musicals version of vampires, if I'm honest. And there's vampire diaries. Yeah, but no one read them. I didn't watch that, but I know it exists. I uh, know it's too much reading. I don't want to read a vampire's diary. It's boring. Mm. Today I got up, killed someone. <laughs> went home roughly at dawn. <laughs> Slightly edgy. Went out a bit late because, you know, she'd been drinking alcohol. <laughs> when I sucked it up, I got a bit drunk, a bit <laughs> carried away. Danced. I mean, Twilight reads more like went out, shone like a sparkling disco ball. <laughs> it was sunlight. <laughs> Had a fight with a wolf that jumped out of a guy. That was weird. <laughs> Strange effects there. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I feel like we need something sensible to put it back to law because there's been too many weird hybrid Variations. stuff. Yeah, I mean, Vampire Diaries is Dawson's Creek does Anne Rice's novels, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. It's clever and it's good, but it was very Kevin Williamson, very okay. his ilk. Mm. He's the writer of Dawson's Creek. I'm just trying to show off with okay, my film advanced guy. knowledge. <laughs> Um, it was good, but it was Buffett the Vampire Slayer for a different generation with a lot more depth yeah, because right. he writes deep, deep dialogue. It was good. It was pretty cool. A lot of nuances in that that mm. were clever. Um, but no, I just feel like we need something. Like if they're going to make zombies all the time, yeah, we need werewolves back. We need we need the classics back, but in a way that's awesome. There was rumors that. The son of the guy who directed American Wealth in London is having a stab at doing it again. Ooh. That'd okay. be cool, wouldn't it? Well, there's a big enough gap for him to remake it, yeah. Yeah, there's loads of Rather them now. Than like, there's loads know, of them now here Korea. as well. We've had such an influx of American Wealth in London <laughs> that it's scary. <laughs> it's scared too much. 
Kind of That's why we're every avoiding weekend. London, obviously. Yeah, Too I never many werewolves. There. Too uh... many werewolves. It starts off in York, though, for no reason whatsoever, as I've said previously on the podcast when I was talking oh, about yeah, American Oh, yeah, because those two guys were, they like, were nowhere near London. in the moors. That's like being... That's the equivalent of being in Florida when you think you're in Hollywood. <laughs> Not the Hollywood, Florida. There's Maybe one there, too. Maybe somebody didn't take geography class. No, I think it's just an excuse. When Americans make films in the UK, they tend to go everywhere to try and make up for the time they're here. Yeah. They, I think people in America, God bless them, are starting to realize because they are smart, awesome people, and they're talking online to all of us as well. I'm starting to realize that when they come to the UK, that you should see outside of London. Yeah. London's not the UK. No. And it's also... That's like saying New York is America. Well, it's also... I always say it's like this. It's like going to America and seeing the loudest place mm. before you go to the quietest place. Mm. doesn't make sense. Go to the quiet places and slowly turn the volume up. That's what you want to do. That would be cool. American Mouth. They could totally turn that into a series. I think it's enough turn into a series i think one thing that i would love to see and it's an ambitious construct but i'm putting it out there because there's so many creative people listening to this and if they're korean they should listen closely because you'd really benefit from this suggestion rather than stealing a show that's literally been out for five minutes and then doing it the next year you should do uh, shakespeare as a tv series where every episode you could argue if it's feature length is a new shakespearean play or you just do a whole series about one Shakespearean play and then the second series is another one because mm. that's never been done. And you could do that in any genre you want. You could change it up and mix it up because we've only seen kind of scale down versions of the plays mm. in, say, three hours. It'd be really cool and to see that. And adaptations are good as well, like well, making it modern. Especially how Shakespeare in Korea doesn't follow Shakespeare in English. It mm -hmm. follows Korean. That's something we've never seen. A series dedicated to, like, say, Romeo and Juliet would work really well because you could explore so much more. It wouldn't have to be such a quick pace. Yeah. That there's none a, of you understand it. There's a really good uh, Margaret Atwood book called Hagseed, and that is actually a retelling of The Tempest in modern day. And it's just, really Just clever. to translate this to anyone who's not a total nerd, <laughs> Margaret Atwood is the writer, creator of Handmaid's Tale. Correct. The uh, current very popular series on Hulu in the USA and here in England, wherever you can get it. Uh, it was on Channel <laughs> yeah. 4, but I managed to watch all of the series I think before it's on it Apple. came off. It's on Apple yeah. Plus or Banana or now. Coconut or whatever, <laughs> whatever TV show you're tuning into. That one is actually, I think, the best translation of book two media, in my opinion. I think you've said that before. Have I? like every day since you watched it <laughs> pretty sure you, not to the podcast no, i'm pretty sure you said it all the time here <laughs> i think it's a subtle thing you say but it is the best translation partly because margaret atwood was on the creative team to sort of nudge in the right direction well i think Anne rice is is looking to do the vampire chronicles herself which is exciting i think that might be an hbo thing mm, again cool. we don't get that in england so all of uh to americans listening all of your tv shows are kind of uh sort of shifted to whoever buys them on U uh, uk television so game of thrones came through sky they brought the rights sky is satellite tv so similar to fox Ooh, dare i say that word um but basically yeah so i don't know man like it's hard to find a lot of this stuff it's spread all over the place here 
eventually it'll be online somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Probably illegally. Shush. Um, no bootlegging here, folks. No, there's censorship on that kind of stuff. And I, I way prefer sneakers. Huh? Yeah, I'm more of a sneaker leg than a bootleg. Okay. <laughs> it's a total lie. I prefer boots, usually. <sighs> Me and my cowboy hat. Mm-hmm. And um, the uh, mm-hmm. local alligator. There is names. We don't get those here in England unless they're at a zoo. Why do they put dangerous animals in zoos? So people can see them without threat? Don't you feel like they're, no, they're always threatening? Yeah, but if you didn't see them in a zoo, you see them like, if you saw it like outside of a zoo, then it would be more threatening. If you if it was in your garden? Yeah, exactly. I've experienced that in Florida. We <gasps> had an alligator in the garden in Florida. It's quite a common occurrence. What happened? Just walk through the garden. <laughs> okay. What are you gonna do? Stop it. Um, it does alligators in Florida do whatever the hell alligators in Florida want to do, pretty much daily. Um, so yeah. Um, They're massive too. Yeah. I just thought what a what a nice potential handbag that is. No. That yeah. no. That's fun. Um I'm glad we don't have alligators in our forest. The worst we get is like a rabbit. Oh yeah. Comparable. Or a deer. A rabbit and an alligator. <laughs> I think the craziest thing we might have seen is a is a badger. Badger. Yeah, we saw. I think it was a badger. We've seen a hedgehog. Yeah. Wasn't very fast. No. The squirrels have been fighting though. Yeah, there's been a. Well, you've set. Here's the thing. You've set the because you've been feeding birds with seed. Yeah. Because it's winter and I <laughs> don't want them to like die. That sounds like a biblical sentence. <laughs> You've been feeding the birds with seed <laughs> and everything has been, it's like a battle royale. You just look up, you you wake up in the morning, right? Look out the w- one window arrived. that we've got carved in the back of the treehouse. Uh-huh. And it's literally like watching a Royal Rumble with, with animals. Well, my intention was to feed the little birds like the robins. Yeah, and that's never going to work when you've got pigeons, big birds. The magpies, yeah. the blackbirds, the starlings. Yeah. The golden eagle arrived. that turns up, the, uh, <laughs> the falcon, the mm. uh, prehistoric stuff that, that starts turning up in Aga. It's crazy. And actually to see squirrels and magpies fighting is quite funny. It's like UFC <laughs> of nature. This is what you started. It's crazy. Who needs a TV when you got a window? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, look out of it more, folks. So on that note, <laughs> like nature's having a rumble in the back garden, uh, yeah, we'll be back in two weeks. And it occurred to me that it's going to be 21 days here left before you face 21 days in isolation. Thereabouts, there. yeah. yeah, thereabouts. But we will stay true to this here podcast as much and frequently as I can do it when you're not here. Um, and it will get raw because you ain't going to be able to protect the world from listening <laughs> to me. Um, anyway, because you are basically my censorship panel. Yes, I am. Are you Chinese? <laughs> okay. <laughs> B, you're American. <laughs> and C, mm-hmm. you read. I do. So you're intellectual. And I edit you. And these three things are the opposite of Danny. Danny is not intellectual. He's a maniac artist. Anyway, we will be back in two weeks, folks. Enjoy life. Don't get too scared of the news. In fact, don't watch it. Just watch all of the stuff we mentioned here on Netflix if you can subscribe. Or look out of the window. I don't work for Netflix. They don't even pay me. If you know anyone who's got Netflix, sign into their account. That's what we do. No, we don't. Uh, <laughs> we don't do that. We sign into an alligator and fly on my friends. And he's got an account. We sign into that one. We will be back in two weeks, folks. 
Stay safe, stay warm if you're in the UK, and stay happy if you're global. See you soon.